1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 on Vision. Hello Lyle, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, good morning Neil, Uh, good to be with you again. Uh, Lyle, there's lots to, to talk about. Uh, just a little focus in on one of those major uh, issues that people are uh, dealing with: the aftermath of ex-cyclone Debbie, the flooding that's affected northern New South Wales, uh, southeast Queensland, and there's expected flooding uh, and uh, even record levels in places like Rockhampton uh, later today. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the PM and the New South Wales Premier? They're they're out and about. They're visiting those areas today. Your thoughts, uh, not only. As a political commentator and lobbyist, but also as a Christian leader on what's happening with flooding.
1: Yeah, Neil, I think all of us uh, who are Christians have been praying for the people in northern New South Wales and in Queensland that have been affected and obviously our thoughts with those in Rockhampton where the Fitzroy River is due to peak uh, sometime today and to exceed flooding levels from the 1950s. Uh, That's the the forecast there but uh, certainly in the ACL office uh, we were praying uh, for those
0: people today as I'm sure uh, Christians all over the country were and uh, we need to continue to do that. Uh, There is real encouragement there for those who are not affected by floods to take a little time and to pray for those who are because they they are very extensive, uh, Queensland and New South Wales. Uh, let's get into some of the issues today, Lyle. Some suggestion that Alan Tudge, the Human Services Minister, may have committed an offence uh, releasing some personal information from a Centrelink client to a journalist. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, this is, um, I think, a, uh, a political battle that's going on. Linda Burney from uh, Labor has uh, has um, commissioned uh, this legal advice, which suggests Suggests that the human services minister Alan Tudge has perhaps, you know, done something inappropriate. Um, look, I think it, it is a. This is an issue of partisan politics that we're seeing playing out here. Uh, Minister Tudge has said he has advice from his department to say that uh, he's done nothing inappropriate. Uh, I believe the information that was uh, given to a journalist related to a blogger, so uh, someone commenting in the space uh, who perhaps had an agenda uh, against uh, Minister Tudge. But but of course, he has been tied up in this controversy over Centrelink, uh, seeking to Uh, recoup money that may have been wrongly paid to Centrelink uh, clients, i.e. welfare recipients. And uh, this is because of an automated process that has uh, sent letters uh, to people uh, on an automated basis and, and of course whenever that happens there have been some people who have um, had claims made uh, that, that have uh, been wrongful claims where the person hasn't done anything dishonest so this has become quite a controversial and a touchy area for the Minister and uh, Labor no doubt uh, seeking to, to try and find chinks in the Minister's armour here.
0: Let's talk about polls. Uh, we know that it's still a couple more years until in the next federal election, but uh, news poll out and shows a continuing slide for the government. Is it something the government, do you think, might be concerned about?
1: Look, I don't think so, Neil. I mean, these polls—they um, do go up and down. The news poll two weeks ago was very favourable towards uh, Mr Turnbull and the government. Uh, this one, two weeks later, uh, it still—it still has Labor ahead, 53 to 47 in the two-party preferred. Um, That's—they're not unusual numbers for a, a government a midterm. We're still two years away from uh, an election. Um, I, I think it's reading too much into this. So the government's had a it's very hard for the government to get clear air they they managed to legislate part of their tax cuts last week uh, in the Senate uh, after doing a deal with Nick Xenophon the big end of town missed out but but businesses with a turnover of 50 million or less will, will benefit from tax cuts that have now been legislated uh, to take uh, effect over the next uh, 10 years the government's hoping that this will help boost the economy if uh, businesses have uh, more of their own money they can employ more people that's the rationale so um And then the government had a a defeat on the 18C uh, legislation trying to to legislate um, to to change the uh, Racial Discrimination Act to uh, take out this notion that someone can sue if they're offended or insulted. So the government lost in the Senate there. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, uh, but hard for the government to get clear air uh, with these um, sort of dynamics uh, where it doesn't control the numbers in the upper house, uh, the Senate.
0: An interesting aside connected to the polls, of course, uh, as we know, the Greens uh, poll around about 10% and Pauline Hanson's also been uh, polling around about 10% too. And uh, an interesting thought from one of her insiders who's suggesting that uh, that Pauline Hanson is something of a brutal dictator as she's uh, leading her party. Any thoughts on Pauline Hanson? Yeah, well, she's coming under scrutiny um,
1: tonight uh, from the ABC's Four Corners program, which has spoken to some disaffected uh, members who who have used that term, brutal dictator, that that you used. Um, Pauline Hanson, she she has galvanised uh, a lot of support across the Australian community in her. Um, In her second coming, if I could put it that way, since she's got elected to the Senate last year, having been a member of the House of Representatives 20 years ago. And I think it's worth remembering that um, at the height of her popularity 20 years ago, she ran uh, a number of candidates in the Queensland state election and and I think picked up about 25% of the vote. It was an enormous... Um, show of support from Queenslanders at that time and and that resulted in about a dozen members being elected to the Queensland Parliament. But it all imploded amongst uh, infighting and um, and, uh, that they just weren't able to get on and uh, and, uh, within a few short years uh, all of those uh, Pauline Hanson One Nation members had disappeared from the Queensland Parliament. It, it seems like we're starting to see a bit of a repeat of, of what occurred uh, back in her heyday. That uh, she seems to achieve some measure of success, uh, but then uh, there's personality clashes and and there's a whole lot of dysfunction. And that that seems to be occurring now. Time will tell as to whether she has changed as a leader and is able to uh, hold people together. I think the other important factor in all this, Neil, is um, James Ashby, who is uh, running the uh, party organisation. He is a former. Chief of staff to uh, Peter Slipper the um controversial uh speaker of the House of Representatives in the federal parliament um uh, James Ashby launched a sexual um uh or allegations of uh of uh sexual misconduct against Peter Slipper it was all very very messy and very ugly and um and quite distasteful uh James Ashby has since uh reinvented himself as um as Pauline Hanson's chief of staff and there's some sense that he is ruling the party uh with her with with an iron fist um so Look, there'll no doubt be revelations tonight, but uh, the key question for Pauline Hanson is, to, is whether she can, whether she's learnt and matured enough as a leader to be able to keep people together um, to to capitalise on the electoral success that she obviously enjoys.
0: Well, Lyle, marriage issues continue to bubble along, sometimes under the surface, but uh, oftentimes they just uh, burst through and uh, they become the headlines. Well, uh, there's one headline worthy you've mentioned, I think, today, and that is uh, from across the weekend where the Sydney Anglican Archbishop, Glenn Davies, has uh, come out and made that accusation, and we often talk about it on this segment, but uh, the idea of the same-sex marriage lobby uh, being really bullying in the way that they uh, use techniques in order to silence uh, those who are their critics. Uh, Your thoughts about Glenn Davies and his statement?
1: Neil, I've been very encouraged to see um, the Sydney Anglican Archbishop, Glenn Davies, come out so strongly in the media. He's always been a a fearless supporter uh, publicly of marriage between a man and a woman, and has been one of the key church voices along with uh, the Sydney Catholic Archbishop uh, Anthony Fisher. And uh, Glenn Davies penned a, an opinion piece for the Australian newspaper where he said that uh, the gay marriage debate doesn't travel on a raft of rainbows, using a, a nautical analogy, uh, but it travels on a barge of bullies. Now it's, co- it's colourful language but it's true and um, whilst you know we, we always want to be gracious and respectful to people who take a different view on marriage and particularly to our friends in the same-sex uh, attracted community, um, th- there is a political element to this where leaders of this political debate do use bullying tactics and they've been going after uh, anyone who dissents whether you work for a a big corporation that signed on to the so-called marriage equality agenda whether you are a board member of a Christian charity uh, they go after you and they try and uh, have you sacked from your job unless you withdraw from from being a board member as some ACL board members have found and um, and directors of ACL's um, sister organization the Lockland Macquarie internship uh, so this has become a, a real issue this has been exposed now for all Australians to see we've known about it for many many years ACL has been the victim of it and uh, we've been trying to help people understand that this is really uh, how these people operate and and that's now been exposed for all of Australia to see that um, if they ever legislate marriage between uh, two people people of the same gender, uh, they will use uh, bullying and intimidation tactics and and then ultimately the force of law to cause everyone to conform to their view of marriage and to silence dissent and and that's been exposed and um, I'm very grateful for the Archbishop for his courage in, in helping further get that message out.
0: And the Archbishops also reinforced uh, his belief that a national vote uh, would reveal that most Australians were actually against gay marriage. Is there any uh, detail evidence uh, research of recent times that will support that?
1: Yeah, yes, there is neil and um, this this also came out last week. you know last week was a seminal week in the the marriage campaign. Um, The other side have been exposed for their bullying tactics, but also our friends at uh, the Marriage Alliance organisation, they released to uh, Miranda Devine, and she wrote about this in the the Sydney uh, Daily Telegraph, uh, polling that had done before Christmas Uh, which showed that um, the support for same-sex marriage is actually very, very soft. Yes, if you ask people, um, a majority will say that they're in favour of changing the definition of marriage, but um, a large proportion of those people, uh, their support is very soft. And when you introduce um, concerns about freedom of speech, like we've seen over the last week, where we know that um, same-sex marriage activists, uh, they want to force everyone to, to think the way they do and they don't tolerate any dissent. When you introduce that into people, people's thinking. When you introduce the idea of uh, taking gender uh, out of marriage and therefore uh, having gender programs in schools, which is what we've seen following the whole same-sex LGBT Uh, agenda, things like the Safe Schools program, people start to think twice about the politics of all this and what their real political agenda is and um, that gives um, those of us who are on the side of retaining the definition of marriage uh, a lot of hope and comfort. We know that the polling is soft, uh, that the support for changing the definition of marriage is soft uh, and if people understand the free speech and the gender implications, uh, it's a very different uh, dynamic and uh, the campaign is very, very winnable and it was good to see that being. Um, commented about uh, in the mainstream media last week. We should all take great hope from this. This battle is far from
0: over. And I imagine there are lessons to learn when those sorts of polling results become available. And I don't know that they had a big run in mainstream media, but these sorts of polling results do have a significant message, Lyle. And, of course, that being that that as people are exposed to what the consequences of same-sex marriage could be, Uh, they change their mind and they decide that that same-sex marriage is not a good idea. How do you think about the way people swing from one position to another and uh, how easy it is actually for people to change their mind?
1: Well, I think it's very easy. When when people are presented with the consequences about freedom of speech, about gender, about what their children will be taught under same-sex marriage regime uh, and the whole gender ideology that comes with it through, say, schools, uh, people do think wait Wait a minute and um, our frustration for many years in this debate has been getting people to focus on the consequences, getting the media to report the consequences and it's very easy for uh, the proponents of same-sex marriage to to publish all these polls, which they do, which which show majority support for changing the definition of marriage. A lot of that is because people are afraid to 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 be called a bigot or a hater, which is the way that the other side frame the debate. So so that influences the way they answer these polling questions, and they answer them without having really thought about the consequences. We know that if we could have a more mature debate, where we could really uh, put all the issues out in front of the Australian people and say, well, look, that's fine, you know. Um, This affects more than just the loving couple. These are the other consequences. Uh, We think, and we think the polling shows this, that uh, most Australians um, will say, hang on, wait a minute, Uh, we don't really need to make this change. Particularly also when they realise that same-sex couples uh, don't face any discrimination under Australian law um, and, and that this whole idea that there's discrimination is a nonsense, which it is. Uh, But uh, we don't need to change the definition of marriage to provide uh, dignity to our friends in the same-sex attracted community.
0: Well, Lyle Shelton, no doubt all of these issues will remain on the agenda and there'll be plenty more to talk about in the times to come. But thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today. I'll point people to the website for the Australian Christian Lobby. Simply Google Australian Christian Lobby and there'll be tremendous resources there to understand a Christian perspective on a lot of the issues that our nation faces at the present time. Lyle, thanks for being with us again on 2020.